Friday, February 15th, 2019. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City here in Denver, Colorado. You know, we get together every weekday, we talk sports with a dose of common sense, and we are happy to have you here with us today. Happy Friday to you, and I know that yesterday was Valentine's Day. Hopefully, your Valentine's Day went well. Hopefully, you got all that your little heart desired. Hopefully, you took care of the people that you love on Valentine's Day. Or, hopefully, people just left you alone and you were able to deal with it in your own specific way. But, today is actually a different day. Valentine's Day is over. The day for couples is over. Today, February 15th, is actually National Singles Awareness Day. Not sure if you knew that, but the day after Valentine's Day has been designated. Singles Awareness Day, February 15th, declares to the world that there is nothing wrong with being single. In fact, there are quite a few benefits to being unattached to someone. Singles can come and go as they please. They don't have to worry about their partner's schedule. They don't have to worry about their partner's wants, needs, jobs, whatever. They don't have to deal with any of that stuff. If you have a career opportunity, you don't have to go ask your significant other, Hey, is it okay if I take this job? Is this going to work out for us? You can just go do it. It is way easier for singles to keep up on healthy habits, to be working out, to be eating well, because it's just you you have to worry about. You don't have to worry about anyone else. There isn't anyone to sabotage what you're doing. There isn't anyone out there to tempt you to do something bad. Now they say you can celebrate Singles Awareness Day by doing a number of things. Maybe you want to send yourself flowers. Maybe you want to send yourself candy. Maybe you just want to go out. You want to spend time with some other single friends. So hey, if you are single, don't feel bad about Valentine's Day. Don't feel bad if you weren't with someone on Valentine's Day. Go out, enjoy Single Awareness Day. Have a few drinks. Take yourself home. Take advantage of yourself with no guilt is what I'm saying. You will have a great time I hope you enjoy Singles Awareness Day. Hey, if you'd like to contact us and tell us how your coworkers are thinking of maybe calling a therapist for you since you had flowers delivered to yourself on Singles Awareness Day, we would still love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or you can go over and find us on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at dailydosesports. We do put the podcast over there. We do put a link to the show. Every once in a while, we'll share some random thoughts over on social media, but it's also a very quick way for you to reach out to us. If you've got a suggestion, if you've got a comment, if you have a question, we get a number of things over there. I don't always put them on the show, but if it's something that we feel like we can use on the show, we definitely will bring it to the show. So reach out to us. We would love to hear what you have to say. Also, be sure you stop by tpublic.com where you can find the latest Daily Dose gear over there. Just search Daily Dose, scroll down until you see our logo, and you will find a number of Daily Dose items from t-shirts to hoodies to stickers to notebooks. They've got a number of items over there. And you know, I told you, we are thinking of adding a few more things. Actually had a listener reach out to us with an idea. Might be working on that a little bit very soon, but there is Daily Dose gear over at tpublic.com. So make sure that you stop by over there. Hey, today on the show, we do have a news story coming out in the world of sports I want to get to. But then, as we do on many Fridays, we will be previewing the weekend in sports and letting you know what is going to be worth watching this weekend. It's actually a pretty busy weekend. This is actually a pretty underrated weekend in sports. There are going to be some things out there for you to watch. Make sure you keep that calendar 
at least a little bit clear because I'm telling you ahead of time, there are going to be some things worth watching. And then, of course, it is Friday. We will be bringing you our Daily Dose Top 5, always a popular segment on the show. From the very beginning, when we first started doing the Daily Dose back in, was that 2013? Something like that. We've been bringing you the Daily Dose Top 5. If I'm going to get comments on anything, it is usually on our Top 5. You know you always have to tune in on Fridays and stick around for that. One story coming out in the world of breaking news that I did want to discuss. And there's not a whole lot coming out right now, but there was one story I did want to touch on. And that was that NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, says he has not given any thought to inquiries from NFL owners about his willingness to possibly switch leagues and become commissioner of the NFL. I don't know that any of us knew he had been reached out to. Silver did not explicitly confirm that he had been approached by NFL owners. But sources close to the situation say that several different NFL owners have tried to persuade Silver to consider maybe moving to the NFL and away from the NBA. And they say Silver has also been approached by a number of Fortune 500 companies. But here's what Adam Silver had to say on Thursday. I'll just say I have not given it any thought. I feel very fortunate to be in this position as a longtime fan. As a longtime league employee, the opportunity to become the commissioner of this league was beyond anything I ever dreamed of as a kid. I've loved every day I've been on this job. And I think there's nothing but enormous opportunity ahead for this league. Ultimately, I realize I'm just passing through like every player who's gone through this league and ultimately like every owner. And I feel an enormous obligation to the fans and to this greater NBA family to do my best and to try my hardest every day. But that's where 100% of my focus is. Now, I have a couple of thoughts on the NFL possibly reaching out to Adam Silver. And again, we haven't exactly got that confirmed. I know this is coming out as news. I don't know that we have anything like, hey, the majority of NFL owners are reaching out to Adam Silver. They're really begging him to try to come over. I'm not sure that's exactly how this all went down. But a few things did occur to me when I heard this news. I get why the NFL would have interest in Adam Silver. And I think it comes down to one very specific thing. Adam Silver has not made any bones about the fact that he is going to openly embrace gambling with the NBA. Hey, spin it however you want to. That could be a trillion dollar goose for NFL owners. And I think they look at Adam Silver and they say, hey, he's blatant about it. He doesn't even care. He comes right out and says, we're going to partner with gambling. That is the direction we're going. We are going to put ads on jerseys. We are going to try to make the owners more money. Yeah, of course NFL owners would have an interest in him on some level. But let's slow down a little bit on the fact that Adam Silver would actually be great for this job. Hey, I do love what Adam Silver did for that whole Donald Sterling situation. Remember, was that back in 2000? 14 or something. And we had the LA Clippers owner, Donald Sterling, saying some horrible things for the league and just coming out and just saying some racist things. He banned him. He booted him out and he removed him as an owner. Hey, love what he did there. But here's a question for you. Can you name literally anything else that Adam Silver has done as NBA commissioner? Because it's kind of tough. And let's think about some of the problems 
that the NBA does have. I know the NBA right now is really trying to spin this whole idea of, hey, we're doing better than the NFL. Hold on a second. The NBA does have some issues. Think about things like one and done. And make no mistake, that is not a college basketball issue. That is an NBA issue. Think about things like the terrible officiating, and it seems like it's getting worse. What is going on with traveling? I see players taking five, six steps a night. Not only does it not get called, the league comes out the next day and said it shouldn't have been called. I don't understand it. When you think of the tanking that goes on by NBA teams, when you think of the tampering that goes on by players and officials throughout the NBA, when you think of the competitive balance that is non-existent in the NBA, we have literally had the same teams go to the finals four years in a row. Then you tell me, where is Adam Silver on any of these items? I know we all hate Roger Goodell, and I get it. He does come off as that assistant principal that is just out throwing his weight around and he's a jerk. But I also understand he's doing what the owners tell him. But would Adam Silver really be any different? From my perspective, dude is just completely invisible. Of course, the players love him. He is the substitute teacher that lets you just watch a movie in class that day and you don't have to do anything. But be very careful what you wish for if the NFL is, in fact, wishing for Adam Silver. Hey, you might get the gambling. You might get the ads on the jerseys. You might get all that extra money. But let's not act like the NBA is this perfect model of integrity and the right way to do things as a sports league because I think that might be a little bit inflated. I'm not sure I agree with that 100%. The NBA has problems too. Hey, coming back, we are going to be previewing the weekend in sports. And like I said, I am telling you right now, Leave some time open because there are going to be some very interesting things to watch. Little bit different weekend, but it should be a very good weekend in sports. Okay, so let's shift over to our weekend sports preview. We do try to do this every Friday. Take a look at some of the events that are coming up over the weekend because there is nothing worse than not realizing something was on and you just missed it. Your friends are texting you. People are asking you, did you see that play? Are you watching this right now? And you don't even know what they're talking about. We try to just help you with your weekend schedule. You don't want to have those chores planned for a time that you should be watching a game. You don't want to be going to the party that you probably could have gotten out of if you really wanted to when you could have been watching something that was way more interesting. So we try to help you avoid that by letting you know what to watch and win the best games are going to be on. Now we do also pick the games. We do our best to get some accurate picks out there, give you an idea of which way we think the games are going to go. Last week, we went seven and five. I mean, it's in the money. It wasn't great. So we're going to try to pick that up a little bit this week. But let's take a look at what is coming up over the next two days of sports. Remember that all times given are mountain time zone, so adjust your schedules accordingly. And let's get started tonight. And I know this might sound like a college basketball game you have no interest in. And believe me, I totally understand. But at 7 p.m. tonight, Northern Kentucky is in first place in the Horizon League. They will be going to Wright State to play the team that is in second place in the Horizon League just behind them. Now, Northern Kentucky can score points. Forward Drew McDonald is worth keeping an eye on. I would think one of these two teams is probably going to the dance. And Drew McDonald might be worth the price of admission if you want to tune into this one. Now, these two already met. They had a dogfight the first time around. And then the Northern Kentucky Norse got a tight four-point win. 
So if you're just looking for a competitive game to watch tonight, if you're just looking for, hey, I just want something entertaining, maybe you're going to happy hour tonight after work, turn on Northern Kentucky versus Wright State at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. I think if nothing else, it will be an entertaining game. Also at 7 p.m. tonight, remember, there are no NBA games this weekend, but we do have the NBA All-Star Weekend coming to us from Charlotte, North Carolina, and it does get started tonight as we have the Rising Stars game, which will pit 10 first and second year NBA players from the U.S. versus 10 first and second year NBA players from around the world. Now, on Team USA, we've got a few players. Marvin Bagley, Lonzo Ball is on the team, but he's not even playing because he's hurt. John Collins, De'Aaron Fox, if you're not watching the Sacramento Kings, and I understand, hey, De'Aaron Fox is a jet. I'm telling you right now, he is worth watching. Kevin Knox, Kyle Kuzma, Donovan Mitchell, Jason Tatum, some good players for Team USA. They will be facing Team World, who does have Bogdan Bogdanovich, Luka Doncic, Lowry Markinen, Ben Simmons will be playing for Team World. I will take Team US in this, but that should be an interesting game. The Rising Stars game starting tonight at 7 p.m. Let's move forward to Saturday. And we start off Saturday bright and early, so hopefully you don't stay out that late tonight. But at 10 a.m. tomorrow morning, we have the number 24 Maryland Terrapins, who are a dangerous team. And the Big Ten right now is kind of interesting. We have seen a couple of the top teams drop off. Some Michigan, the leading team in the Big Ten, get knocked off by the last place team in Penn State earlier this week. We have seen Michigan State stumble and struggle at times. I think they'll get better by tournament time, but the Big Ten is very interesting. Maryland is one of those interesting teams. They can play with anyone, they can beat anyone, and they can lose to anyone. But on Saturday morning at 10 a.m., they go to Ann Arbor to face those number five Michigan Wolverines. Like I said, they gave up a big lead on Tuesday night. They lost to Penn State. Penn State's a weird team, though. When you go to Penn State to play basketball, there's nobody there. It's dead silent. It's kind of an odd dynamic they have going on up at Penn State. And to be fair, Michigan is a little bit funky lately. Head coach John Beeline got ejected from that game. Their offense has been very inconsistent. I think they can hold off Maryland at home tomorrow morning, but it might be closer than you might think. I will take Michigan in that game. Next game up, and we're going to fast forward to 4 p.m., and I've got a game I don't know if it's going to be good. It could end up being a blowout. But at 4 p.m., North Carolina State goes to Durham to face those mighty Duke Blue Devils who, of course, are coming off of that crazy 23-point comeback on Tuesday night against Louisville. Hey, that was a wild comeback. And a really good, strong finish for Duke showed how talented they are. Their pressure really, really rattled Louisville. But they need to be careful in this game because North Carolina State can score some serious points. And if Duke has a little bit of big game comeback, everyone patting us on the back hangover, I'm telling you right now, this game might end up being closer than you would think. I will take Duke at home, but they had better avoid playing that last game over in their minds. They better move on to the next game. If they don't, they're going to be in trouble. But the marquee matchup in college basketball this week is Saturday at 6 p.m. as the number one Tennessee Volunteers go to Lexington to face the number five Kentucky Wildcats. Of course, Kentucky is coming off of that heartbreaking last-second loss to LSU on Tuesday night. Meanwhile, hey, the Tennessee Volunteers 
are on a 19-game winning streak. Will that streak come to an end at Kentucky, at Rupp Arena on Saturday? Hey, I absolutely expect a dogfight here. If you're going to block off some time for some good college hoops, this is the game to watch Saturday at 6 p.m. Hey, Kentucky is going to be very tough at home. They are so athletic, but I'm telling you, I am really starting to like this Tennessee team. They are really good. They are really tough. And that's the thing that I like about them. I actually think Tennessee is going to give Kentucky their second home loss in a row here. I'm going to pick Tennessee. Now at 6 p.m. on Saturday night, remember we have NBA All-Star Saturday night. So you have the skills challenge, you have the three-point contest, and then you have the dunk contest. Now in that skills challenge, which of course combines kind of dribbling and passing and some shooting and some speed drills, we have a really interesting lineup going to be in that skills competition. You've got Mike Conley from the Grizzlies. You've got Luka Doncic from the Mavericks. You've got De'Aaron Fox from the Kings. You have Nikola Jokic from the Denver Nuggets. Yes, the big man is going to be in the skills competition. You have Kyle Kuzma from the Lakers, Jason Tatum from the Celtics, Nikola Vucevic from the Magic, and Trey Young from the Atlanta Hawks. That should be a pretty interesting skills challenge. I think I'm going to take De'Aaron Fox in that. I really like him. I wish that Nikola Jokic would win that for Denver, but I think he's going to struggle a little bit with some of that speed stuff. Moving on to the three-point contest, we have some interesting contestants in that as well. Of course, defending champion Devin Booker won it all last year. He is back from Phoenix. You've got Seth Curry, Steph's brother, from Portland. You also have Steph Curry from the Warriors. You've got Danny Green, who is now with Toronto. You have Joe Harris from the Nets, Buddy Heald from the Kings, Damian Lillard with the Portland Trailblazers, Chris Middleton from the Milwaukee Bucks, and Dirk Nowitzki from the Dallas Mavericks. Now, one thing about the three-point contest, a lot of guys come in and they just shoot the lights out in the first round, but after a while, they start to wear down. And in this competition, I am always looking for guys that don't use much of their legs. Almost the set shooters, the jump shooters, eventually wear down and they just can't shoot it late. I thought about taking Dirk Nowitzki here, but I think I'm going to go with Chris Middleton. I think he would be a nice surprise story here. We'll see how the three-point contest goes. And then we do have the NBA dunk contest following both of those. You've got Miles Bridges from the Charlotte Hornets. You've got John Collins from the Atlanta Hawks. Hamadou Diallo from the Oklahoma City Thunder. And Dennis Smith Jr., who was just recently moved to the New York Knicks. I am going to take Dennis Smith Jr. in the dunk contest. But he had better have a good night because, again... Sometimes those smaller guys can't always finish all of their dunks. I just want the dunk contest to be halfway interesting. That contest has really fallen off the last few years. Moving forward to Sunday at 12.30 p.m., we have the Daytona 500. 21-year-old William Byron is sitting on the pole for that first real race of the NASCAR season. Hey, if you've got four hours you'd like to kill, maybe you'd like to kill it watching Daytona. Austin Dillon is, of course, the defending champ as he shoved Eric Almarola out of the way last year on his way to victory lane. But remember that Rubin is racing, just like Tom Cruise taught all of us in Days of Thunder. And also, he taught us that if you shift gears, you can literally, like, pass anyone. Not sure why no one else shifts gears in those racing movies, but they should. You're way faster, apparently, if you shift gears. I'm actually going to make a pick in the Daytona 500. I'm going to go with Joey Logano. I'm sure I should probably take one of the bushes, but I'll go with Logano in the Daytona 500. At 2 p.m., 
we do have a little football. I told you last week, the Alliance of American Football was reasonably entertaining. If you are looking for some football to watch over the weekend, tune in at 2 p.m. where you can see Steve Spurrier's Orlando Apollos, who at least in the first week looked like they were probably the most complete team in the league. They easily blew out Atlanta, or maybe that was bad Atlanta. I have no idea. But the Apollos scored 40 points behind quarterback Garrett Gilbert, who you might remember playing his college ball at Texas and at SMU. This week, Orlando goes to San Antonio, where they will face the Commanders, who ran the ball pretty effectively last week against San Diego. I guess I'll take Orlando again. No idea. But if you're Jones and first of football, there will be a little bit on both Saturday and Sunday in the Alliance of American Football. At 3 p.m., Villanova has had a week to try to get over that loss to Marquette last weekend when Phil Booth had a chance to win the game. He over-dribbled into the paint, got stuck in no man's land, had to force a pass out as the clock was expiring, and Villanova lost to Marquette. But on Sunday, the number 13 Wildcats go to St. John's to face a little bit of a schizophrenic Red Storm team. Hey, St. John's has somehow beaten Marquette twice. But they have losses to both Butler and Providence. I don't know who's going to show up for St. John's. So I guess we'll see on Sunday. I will take Villanova on the road. But if you get good St. John's, they will absolutely give Villanova a good game in that. And then we will finish off the weekend at 6 p.m. on Sunday night with the NBA All-Star Game as we will have Team LeBron versus Team Giannis. Now, I told you before, I fully expect LeBron James to go out and rack up close to like 20 assists as he tries to show guys like Anthony Davis, Kawhi Leonard, maybe Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving. Hey, look how much I would let you shoot if you came and joined the Lakers. I don't know. I'm just putting it out there. Hey, I'm not recruiting you or anything. Not doing anything like that. I'm just saying, look what a good passer I am. I fully expect LeBron to go crazy with the assists. And I expect Team LeBron to win the All-Star Game on Sunday night. Hey, coming back, we need to get to our Daily Dose Top 5. Of course, Valentine's Day was yesterday. Like I said, hopefully you took care of your Valentine. Hopefully your Valentine took care of you and all went well. But today, we are going to be looking at some very successful couples in the world of sports. Now, as we do every Friday, we have got to get to our Daily Dose Top 5. Five! Of course, yesterday was Valentine's Day. The day that we've been told by the card companies, and the chocolate companies, and the flower companies, and the jewelry companies that we must purchase items or we will be labeled a huge loser. Now, maybe you're single, and maybe today you're celebrating Single Awareness Day. All the best to you. Enjoy the cheaper candy, enjoy the cheaper jewelry, enjoy all the sales that I'm sure you're going to get after Valentine's Day. I'll be the first to admit, relationships are tough. We know the stats. Over 50% of marriages in the United States are going to end in divorce. Forget something dangerous. Forget like jumping out of a plane. I wouldn't cross the street if you told me my success rate was only 50%. But maybe you are a part of a successful relationship. Maybe you are a part of a relationship that is give and take. You have managed to overcome all the obstacles. And hey, we know there are plenty of things to trip you up in a relationship. Maybe it's just boredom. Maybe it's money. Maybe it's competition. Maybe it's just other people. There are a ton of influences 
that can break up a good relationship. Well, today on The Daily Dose, we are going to look at some of the most successful couples in all of sports. They may have had some stumbles. They may not have thought they were right for each other, but there was eventually a mutual respect and eventually there was a lot of success. Today on our Daily Dose, we count down the top five best coach-player duos of all time, starting with number five. Five. And let's start with that power couple out in California where we need to go back to 1982. Now, Los Angeles Lakers point guard Irvin Magic Johnson was not happy. Head coach Paul Westhead had been fired, and in came an assistant that no one really knew anything about. I mean, Pat Riley hadn't done anything. Why would you give him this job? But somehow, it worked. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar might have been the captain. He was the guy with all the experience, and it was Kareem who did carry that team early, especially when you think of those 85 finals against the Boston Celtics. But make no mistake about it, the closeness between Pat Riley and Magic Johnson is what allowed the Lakers to go on that run that they went on with those Showtime Lakers. You had maybe the greatest point guard in the history of the NBA truly becoming an extension of his coach out on the floor. This couple drove the Lakers run in the 80s, a run that ended up winning five world titles, four of those of course were under Pat Riley, and eight finals appearances, seven of those again under Pat Riley. Magic Johnson and Pat Riley, yeah, they were really, really good together. They come in at number five. Moving on to number four. You know, in their first four seasons in the old All-American Football Conference, they won four championships. Then the Cleveland Browns became a part of the NFL, but things didn't really change that much for these two. In each of their first six seasons together in the National Football League, the Cleveland Browns went on to the championship game where head coach Paul Brown and quarterback Otto Graham won three more titles before Graham would eventually give it up. Now, all told, Paul Brown and Otto Graham were together for 10 years. In those 10 years, they were 105, 17, and 4. They won 10 conference championships. They won 7 championships total. Yes, I understand that Paul Brown and Otto Graham were in a previous era. And I understand that maybe they weren't facing the competition. They weren't facing as many teams. But make no mistake about it, Otto Graham and Paul Brown were pretty good in any era. They come in at number four. Moving on to number three. He was the best player in the NBA. But he just couldn't win the big games under head coach Doug Collins. But when the Chicago Bulls brought in the Zen master Phil Jackson, who really at the time, he didn't have that much experience. We weren't sure if it was going to be a good match. Phil brought assistant coach Tex Winter and his triangle offense that was going to force Michael Jordan to actually move the ball and share the ball and get his teammates more involved. Hey, that wasn't how Jordan operated. He didn't want to share. He didn't want to get others involved. He wanted to take over the game and he could do it anytime he wanted. But Phil Jackson convinced Michael that if he did it, if he would share, if he would give up the ball a little bit more, if he would spread things out and allow the defense to not just be able to double team him every single time, 
he would have a little more left for the postseason, and he would get more help from those around him, and he could possibly win some of the big games. And that was the hook for Michael Jordan, because he was sick of getting beat by the Boston Celtics. He was tired of getting pounded on by the Detroit Pistons every single year in the playoffs. It took some time, but Michael Jordan eventually bought in and the Bulls management went out and found him some good help. And Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson rolled off six NBA titles. And you know what's amazing about that? In the finals, they never even played in a game seven. They had it wrapped up before it ever got that far. Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan won a lot of basketball games. They come in at number three. Moving on to number two. Now remember that these two did not come together as a part of this great master plan. Let's be real honest. That's not what it was. It was actually more of a bizarre accident. I mean, you had a head coach that had been fired, desperately trying to win some games with his big, supposedly, franchise quarterback. But when Drew Bledsoe got his spleen ruptured for him, Enter the compensatory sixth round draft choice that, let's be honest, kind of ran like the scarecrow from the Wizard of Oz. Who knew that quarterback Tom Brady would end up being the most decorated quarterback of the Super Bowl era? But with his competitiveness and with his accuracy and with his intelligence paired up with one of the greatest coaching minds in NFL history in head coach Bill Belichick, you have this insanely successful power couple. Hey, Brady and Belichick have now been together for 19 seasons. They have won six Super Bowl titles. Not bad for a coach that had gotten fired by the Cleveland Browns and for a quarterback that, hey, they can spin it however they want. Oh, he was next on our list. Nobody wanted Tom Brady when he came out of Michigan. Brady and Belichick come in at number two. So who could be our number one sports couple, okay, player coach duo of all time if it's not Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. Well, it's actually the same town. It's just a different team. Boston Celtics head coach Red Auerbach wanted a big man to be the face of the Boston Celtics. And who he really wanted was big man Bill Russell out of the University of San Francisco. Russell was coming out in the 1956 draft. The problem was that Rochester owned the second pick in the draft and they wanted Bill Russell. So the story goes that Red Auerbach convinced the Rochester owner that if they would skip on drafting Bill Russell, he would send them the ice capades to go to the Rochester arena and play some shows. The Rochester owner got his ice capades and we got the greatest coach-player combo of all time. Red Auerbach and Bill Russell won 11 championships. And let's not forget that they did it in a city uh, not exactly known for its racial harmony, shall we say. How much did Red love Russell? He loved Bill Russell so much that when he retired, he made Russell the head coach while he was still playing. And Bill Russell went out and won two more titles as player coach. Of course, that's not even allowed now. But Bill Russell and Red Auerbach, no question, were the best coach-player duo of all time. And they come in at number one. We've talked about it over the last few weeks. We kind of get sick of seeing the Patriots every year. We kind of get sick of Brady and Belichick. And believe me, I understand more than anyone. But hey, we are witnessing greatness. We are witnessing one of the greatest player-coach combos of all time. They come in at number two. But I don't know. At the rate they're going, 
by the time it's all over, they may be number one. Hey, it is Friday, and we have made it through another week. Have to say thank you to all of you so much for listening to The Daily Dose every day. Thank you for reaching out to us. Thank you for sharing things with us. Thank you for subscribing to the show wherever it is that you listen. And most importantly, thank you so much for sharing the podcast with another person. We appreciate that so much. Have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all on Monday. Have a great weekend.